good. We all like I, I've had that problem over years. You know, I, I, you know, but God is so good when we start putting the good things in. Guess what comes back out? Good things. We start putting our mind on, on the word of God. Guess what comes out? The word. Those things that just are taking, they take hold. And see, that's what the enemy's after, friends. He's after the word. He's after the, the seed that's sown, the incorruptible seed. He can't corrupt it. He can't stop it. And he wants to stop you. Don't let him do it. You live by God and watch what happens. It's been an amazing ride. I know in my household, Pastor Kim and I, we've, you know, and we've been doing this for 30 years plus, and we, we're making some changes. Just sometimes a little tweak can make a lot of difference. You understand what I'm saying? You talk to any airplane pilot, they could be flying somewhere, and if they're just off a degree or something by the end of their destination, it's way off. I want to be right on. I want to be, make sure that I'm right and flying the way he wants me to fly. And when we put all of these things in line, God works every time. Every time. We've been talking about the faith of God. I know you're waiting for a joke. I just don't feel like one right now. But I'll get you one later. How's that? If I feel like it, we'll get it by the end. How's that? Around offering time. Remind me, and I'll, I'll see what happens then. So right now, I'm just not, I'm, I'm in a preaching mood, not a jokey mood. So I, I want to talk about uh, the faith of God. This is week five in, in this series and uh, we've been studying faith, and we've been talking about the faith of God. And that we have, if we are born again, if we are saved, we have the faith of God given to us and the measure of faith, which we have the same measure. You'd like to think as ornery as I am, he might have given me an eyedropper and gave you a, a whole scoop, but he gave everybody the same measure. Remember Romans 12, 3 says, I say, though grace given unto me every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly according God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's just the King James. Not a measure, but the measure. And there's only one measure. So knowing that, Paul said he was living by the faith of the Son of God. Now certainly it's okay to be in faith. We get that. But it's, it's understanding what we have. The faith of God. So that's awesome. Peter said in 2 Peter 1, he was writing the people of the, of like precious faith, that study proved out to be meaning identical. So we have the same identical faith. And, and people will say, well, I, I, don't, I don't have the level that you're on. Now let me, let me explain that. Uh, that's what believers think. Now listen, we were given supernatural faith of God when we got saved, when we got born again. And I used this example before I was a minister, before I was a pastor, managed a fitness center and was a competitive bodybuilder. Everybody in here has the same muscles that I have or that, let's say, Arnold has. Okay, you all have those. It's just that he exercised him. Now, I, I'm not talking about drugs or anything. I'm just talking about muscles. But his got exercised, and so they grew. You have the same muscle. We have the same measure. So we see different levels of faith, even though the same measure, but it is exercised more. And so we, we take that as a different standing of that so understand there are we, we i get it while we see like oh billy graham billy graham was the same measure of faith you have billy knew how to access it he know he knew how to exercise it so uh, knowing that there's different levels we get that but it's just their understanding not levels of faith they have the same measure but their understanding increases do you understand what i'm saying 
When we talk about fasting, we talked about that. We, we, in our mind, and legalistically, man has come up with, if I fast, I will move the hand of God. There is nothing you can do to move the hand of God. You need to understand, he's already moved. He's already provided everything you need. What fasting does is get you in line with what he's done. It gets your mindset, and you're in line with what he has already done, his promises, and what he has promised. We need to understand that. A lot of us seem like, well, we only use our faith every once in a while. We pull it out on an emergency, but we don't really exercise it. The Bible says faith without works is dead. I'm going to explain even more of that next week. But we're going to just keep peeling this thing back so we will see the clear understanding of what God is, and we'll see how this law works. How many want to do that? If we see how it works, we can do it, right? So that's what we're going to do. We all have the same potential, but it's up to us with what we do with the potential we have. Everybody in here has the same 24 hours. We all get it. Even if you're on another you know, coast, Central Standard Time, they're, what, three hours ahead of us or behind us or something like that. But anyway, it's still a 24-hour cycle. We all have a 24-hour. It's what we do with that 24 hours. What we have is issues in where we just think that God gave someone else great faith, and then he only gave me a little bit. He already knew I wasn't going to be good with it or whatever our excuse is. We just didn't think we got it. But we need to... What, it affects our destiny. When we're thinking the way that we've been brought up or religiously or legalistically, we just think the rest of our lives, this is just how it's going to be. Are you with me? I mean, we went to church every time when I, we got born again and saved. We took our kids to church every time the door was open. If it was open, we were there. If the preacher was going to be washing the windows, we were watching him. Just teasing, but we were there. Monday night, or not Monday night, excuse me. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. How many cut their teeth on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night? And the crowd level goes way down. Like on a Sunday, let's say you have a couple hundred people on a Sunday night. You might not have a couple hundred people. You might have 75. On a Wednesday, you might have 40. And it's just, it just brings, you know, the people that were, and it doesn't mean the other people weren't good or they're not, but see, in our mindset, some of us just attended because it was religion. When we started this church, we, didn't, we, we never started with a Sunday night service. Never did. Got some flack from that. You're going to have Sunday night, aren't you? Nope. <gasps> well, you should. Why? You can even hear me walk. It's so quiet. That reminds me when I was a kid and got in trouble, I could hear every 13 steps up to my bedroom. <laughs> Wait till your father got home. My father always came home. 13 steps. I'm just counting them. <laughs> I got 10 more steps before my life flashes before me. <laughs> Anyways, we didn't because Sunday night was created a few hundred years ago for farmers that couldn't make Sunday morning. It's not in the Bible that you have to have Sunday night service. We, we, you know, we just said, okay, God, this is what you want. We don't have to, now, I'm not saying I would never have a Sunday night service for a revival or a special or anything like that. I would. And we've done that before. 
But I'm just saying as a whole, we didn't do it because it was a man-made thing. I want a God thing. Every time something, you know, you got to ask yourself, is it, is it a good thing or a God thing? We just started saying, God, we just want what you, we wanted to endorse family time. Some of you, only day you get Sunday. Some people don't even get that. So to be able to grab your family and stay together and, and just enjoy one another and rest is good. But anyway, we need to know that we all got the same measure, the faith of the Son of God. Philemon or Philemon, however you want to say it, communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing, which is you in Christ Jesus. We have to acknowledge it. And that's what we've talked about in these last few weeks. I'm trying to get that to you. It's not just by saying I acknowledge it. We don't plead God for more of it. We already have it. I don't... Remember I told you about my, my kids don't come over and say, Daddy, can I have some milk? I've got a jug in the refrigerator. Just help yourself. But, Dad, I just want it. Just go to the refrigerator and get it. And that was dangerous when I grew up because my father's here. My mother's probably watching. Milk was never safe at our house. Mom, this expired 15 years ago. Not really 15, but it could have expired. Good chance of that. I remember getting ready for school in the morning. Pouring milk over my cereal that looked like cottage cheese. She goes, oh, I guess that milk's bad. You think? <laughs> to this day, I don't drink milk much unless, but in our house, it's never spoiled. I mean, because Kim is very adamant about everything is, you know. So I don't, I don't ever worry about it. It's just I was brought up. I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get you somewhere. I was brought up where that wasn't the case. Not bad. She didn't do it intentionally. It was just, and she always put water in the milk. They do that in hell. You can't have real milk in hell. It curdles down there. So she, she put water in it, and then she'd freeze it. Then we'd just have it in the refrigerator, and it'd thaw out. So... Anyways, acknowledging it, not just acknowledging that there's something there, but knowing that it's good and you have the full amount. That's a good thing. Knowing it exists, but you know you've got it, and it was given to you at salvation. Knowing that you have it. You can't acknowledge something that hasn't already happened. I mean, you can say some things in faith. Please don't misunderstand me. I, I understand that, but I'm saying acknowledging Something that has, it has to have happened for you to say, yes, they did that, unless you're saying it in faith. Are you with me? Remember that was, we talked about step one and step two. Step one was just acknowledging. I got it. God gave it to me. When I got saved, I got the measure. The, the second step is I have to do something with it. Now I have to use it. And we talked about start where you are, use what you got, do what you can. So no matter if you're like, well, I'm not where bread is. Yes, you are. You can be. I'm not anything special. I'm God's kid just like you. But you got to start where you are, use what you got, and do what you can. you got to exercise that faith muscle. You operate in the faith of God, his faith. And you're like, Brett, that's, it's easier said. I get it. And that's in the spirit realm. That's in the, the unseen. You have to see that with your spirit eyes. So how do we get action in the natural realm. How do we get with our faith what we're believing for from the, that place to the place where we see it? 
Because that's what everybody wants to know. You can talk all you want, but remember, it's not the engine that pulls the train. The engine, or it's not the, the engine pulls the train, it's not the whistle. Let me correct that. The whistle just makes noise. We don't want just noise. We want that, how's that engine working? How are we getting that from the spirit realm to the natural? Everything happens that way. We have to understand that. Romans 3 talks about receiving by grace. If you were getting things, you understand what grace is, that's humility. You didn't do anything. It's just a gift. We don't have to brag or boast because it wasn't us, it was God. That's how we got saved. We were saved by grace. How many understand? We didn't go to the cross. Jesus did. It was a gift for you and me. He provided. We received and we said thank you. 327 of Romans says this, where is boasting, it's ex- it is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. You see what we just read? The law of faith. Faith is based on laws. There are reasons why faith flows, and there are reasons why it doesn't. There are reasons why it, it happens and brings results, and there are reasons why we see nothing and nothing happens. I have to deal with this just like you do. Maybe you pray for somebody and you want them healed and that doesn't happen. It's easy to get mad at God. I've been there, done that. He could have prevented it. He could have healed them. And we get mad at him. But we have to understand how faith works. It works by laws. That's how the power of God flows. It's just as sure as laws that govern the physical world. We have electricity that's on here in this auditorium. It's governed by laws. You cannot ignore those laws. If you grab a live wire and, you, and you're grounded, the results will be shocking. You'll really get a charge out of that. Not because, now listen, not because the electric company says, I got a personal vendetta against you. And they're mad, and they just want to teach you a lesson. They just want to turn you into toast. That's not what's happening. It's not personal. There are laws that govern electricity. If you violate those laws, obviously, it can kill you. So we have to learn those laws and how to use them the way they were intended. And if you use it right, it's a blessing to you. Have you and we're used to just turning on the lights, aren't we? I mean, just yesterday, I went to turn on, it was getting dark, and we were in the house, I went to turn on the lights, the light didn't turn on. I was like, oh, okay, could be, if, you know, whether man or woman, you're probably thinking, okay, well, maybe the bulbs burn out. <clears throat> I went to the next lamp. It didn't work. So Kim was there, and I said, okay, maybe we blew a breaker somehow. Just going through the process, why the lights aren't coming on. She went around to check, and so something that she did worked. So somehow, somehow there was something that, that was loose, not plugged in all the way, that was connected to the others, and we have lights. What, what are you telling me? I'm saying something broke that pattern, so that couldn't flow. We're so used to just, when it doesn't, then we're... What's going through my mind, it's a breaker, you know, something. Maybe, oh, what, you know, what could be wrong? I, I'm, and, you know, there's all kinds of things the enemy just starts. How many, does, am I the only one the enemy works against? 
starts trying to hit your brain with all kinds of, well, this could be this, or this could be, and I'm just like, I just, you decide what you put between your ears. I refuse to let that have space in my mind. So I came back up, I said, you know, I'm on my way up, did you get it? And she said, yeah, it must have been something that was loose, it was already fixed. This is going to be shocking to you, because I'm still on electricity. It was here since the beginning of time. Did you know that? It's been around since God created the earth. See, we're almost like, no way. Yes, way. Just we didn't know about it. We hadn't created it, or he had already created it. We hadn't figured it out. We hadn't tapped into it. You know, they say in a lightning storm, just in one lightning storm, it could light the entire city of New York for a year. That's how much power goes out. So somewhere, lightning's hitting all the time, somewhere. How about this? Static electricity. I used to do this when I was a kid. Kind of walk like Tim Conley, go over to somebody and go, and you touch him, and they go, Psh. Love doing that to my mother. That was one of the funnest things I did as a kid. We walk at you. Somebody have some good carpet. You know, back in the day, how many remember shag carpet? You could hide missionary on furlough in shag carpet. But I go up to my mom, and I wouldn't tell her. Hey, mom, how you doing? Touch like right behind her ear. Ah! It was awesome. I'd do that to her all the time. I got in trouble a lot. <laughs> I got spanked for things I didn't even know about. I, I'd say, what are you spanking me for? And she goes, you know. I just knew my sister was at work. I, I don't know, but it was fun. But it was so worth any punishment I got for zapping my mom. It was so much fun. I really liked that as a kid. And she would say, she still says to this day, I would, I would shock her. Or if I say something or go up and say anything, she'd say, you're bad. So I break those words, Mama, I'm not bad. It's, you're just too fun to pick on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's just a couple hundred years since we discovered it, but it had been there all along. And lights don't come on. We don't come in here and just wish that they come on. Things have to happen. There are laws that have to be in place. Things have to be connected, and we have to put them into effect. One of electricity's laws are it flows through copper better than it flows through rubber. That's why rubber is used as an insulator. Now, I'm going somewhere. So, so if you have a live wire, but rubber is covering it, it won't shock you. It's an insulator, and it doesn't conduct electricity very well. So that's a good thing, but, you know, we figured that out. In the spiritual world, uh, there are laws that govern the spiritual world. So they've been going on since who tied the pups or since whatever. Just all of these laws were in effect at creation. You need to understand that. We need to just receive it. There, there's some things that we've hoped and prayed for, something that we didn't see manifest or that we wanted, and we don't understand. We're like, okay, how did that law happen or what happened? So Kim and I, we, you know, we got friends with Gary and Drenda, and he started showing me stuff that I had never seen before. And then we've been just we've diving. We're looking at things differently instead of just, like, why did that happen? Because if there's a law, I want to be able to learn the law. If, I can, if it can happen for you, it could happen for me. Because Jesus says he's no respecter of persons. So I want to learn the things that God has already put in place. 
Because what happens is if something that I've hoped for and prayed for doesn't happen, and I didn't see it manifest, it affects, I'm just being honest, it affects my belief in God. Does it yours? Well, I thought, have you ever thought that you were all in just to find out later you probably weren't all in, but you kind of thought you were all in, but you really weren't? That's happened to me. But it affects my belief system. And then I start saying, I don't know if he'll do it for me. Maybe it's, there's just something wrong with me. It's just me again. And here's the thing. It's ne- there's never anything wrong with God. And if we were being honest, it probably is you. Not in a bad way, but it's in our belief system. Because the enemy wants to taint that. He wants to come in and mess with it. Did God say, if you ate? I mean, he did it from the beginning. It's just the twist. Just the slight fraction of a twist there's others that are just mad at god the business failed the finances disappear somebody wasn't healed we're still dealing with sickness maybe we're bitter and we want to know what what is this i mean i just god just you know stop the insanity now i'm not discounting miracles thank god for miracles on spite of how we are sometimes, he still does miracles. And a miracle is, you know, it's a suspension of the natural. It's, it's all, it doesn't have to, it's just like kabam, and he does it. But a miracle is usually a crisis situation, and much of the body of Christ try to live from crisis to crisis. We need a miracle, we need a miracle, we need a miracle, we need a miracle. What if we could figure out how things just operated in the kingdom of God so that we wouldn't need a miracle every time we turned around? That would be awesome. We are to walk by faith, not by miracles. Miracles are great, but faith is governed by laws, and if we understand it, it radically changes our relationship with God because we understand he loves us. He's provided everything we need. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God has good plans for you and I. 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. By whose stripes, here it is, you were healed. Past tense. It's provided. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. You say, well, Brett, I need to be seeing them then. Here's the reason. We have to figure out how they work. There are laws that govern how his power, his blessings, his supply, how they flow. They flow through faith. There are laws of faith. Romans 3.27, whereas boasting then is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. I think it's important that we figure out how these laws work. And so we can, we can pray believing, and we can see results. Now, I get it. In some cases, there may be timing. I understand that. But it doesn't affect our belief as long as we believe exactly what the Word says. Remember, electricity's been there since day one, but because of mankind's ignorance, we weren't able to harness it and use it till just a few hundred years ago. I mean, 
guess they could have used it thousands of years ago, but they didn't know. You know, think about what we've been talking about, acknowledging. They didn't acknowledge it. They didn't know it existed. It wasn't that God didn't provide for it. We just didn't know anything about it. It was our lack of understanding. So why aren't things working? I desire them. Power of God doesn't flow through desire. Desire is good, but it isn't released by desire. He wants to give you the desires of his heart, but that's not how you get it. The scripture says that the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, faith is what releases the power of God. And there are laws that govern how that works. You could be praying for the right thing. You can ask for it. You can beg for it. You can desire it. You can want it. You can be desperate for it. None of those release the power of God. There are laws that govern it. So we have to learn what they are. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not excluding miracles, so please. But let's look at Mark 5, 25 through 30. And let's just pull this back a little bit further. Certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him, and the crowd touched his garment, for she said, I want you to hear what this is saying, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself, power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, Jesus felt anointing leave him. He felt power go out. He turns and says, who touched my clothes? Scholars and many think that this is a rhetorical question. They think, this is God. This is Jesus. So when he says, who touched my clothes, they're saying he already knew who touched his clothes because he's God. I don't think so. Let me explain. Man, it is quiet. But I like it. He meant just what he said. He was God, but when he was born... He was still Lord, but he was in a physical body. Remember, he left this deity to come down, and he became in physical form. He came, he had, to, he had to be born, he had to be birthed to fulfill Scripture. He was sinless, nevertheless, still in a physical body. So when he was born, he didn't come out of Mary's womb speaking Hebrew. He had limitations. He had to learn how to do things, just like you and I did. He had to learn how to eat, how to walk, how to talk, how to run, how to build things. Luke 2.52 says this, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he increased in wisdom. So PB, are you saying when Jesus was born, he didn't have complete wisdom about everything in him in his physical body? You're catching on, Spanky. That's exactly what I'm saying. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. His spiritual man was complete. It was perfect. He was God. He had the mind of Christ and God in it. He knew all things in his spirit, but he had to train and educate his physical body. He got tired, didn't he? He had to go rest. He had to eat. His body had limitations, and it wasn't from uh, sinful limitations. I mean, it wasn't anything because of sin, but he had a physical body, and he had to make sure that it got fed, it got rest, it got water. 
and he could only be in one place at one time. So I believe when he said, who touched me, he didn't know who touched him. He just knew that anointing and power had left him. Something left. I know what it feels like when something leaves. That's what he's saying. So somebody just drew on something because I felt power leave me. Now, I do believe that because of the spirit of, of God that resides in him, that he would, all I had to do is turn around, and that's what he did. And then this woman trembling, you know, she's like, oh. even if she wouldn't have done that, he would have figured that out because then I believe God, his, that spirit, the, a word of knowledge would have came and he would have been able to say, young lady. But he drew on what was in him. But here's what I, I mean, I'm not doing this to make me feel better, but I like the fact that God came to earth as a man. And, and that he left what he had. The Bible says that he left his rich. We really only know God in his poverty. But he left what he had to come down here. To, I mean, just the fact that that is the case, that's huge. Mark 5.31, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? Everybody, if you remember, was touching him. But between the touches, not just grabbing, but somebody grounded in faith. Remember what we talked about with electricity? The power of God was able to flow. Something, and that made the, he was like, whoa. That's like turning the light socket on, turning the switch. All of a sudden it comes on. The connection was made. And he knows that something, that power left him. Now we had horses before we came and started this church. We lived in another place. I love, I'm a cowboy at heart, love horses and dogs. Love my wife most. Just putting that out there. Before you go there, you all know that anyway. But we had an electric fence. And so the horses, if the fence was on, would come up to the fence and they'd touch it because they're grounded and they'd be like, bless you. And they would, they would back away from the fence. And what's crazy is a bird could sit on a fence and not get shocked because it's not grounded. The horse would be on the ground and touching the fence. But if a bird is grounded and touches the fence... Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> and now you got a snack. <laughs> if it's the right kind of bird. Of course, John, you wouldn't be able to hit it with your gun. I, you know. <laughs> In other words, that's an old family joke. <laughs> you got to be grounded. So we got to be grounded in the word for that, the conduit of faith to flow. We have to understand God. This, this woman, see, faith always has a point of release and a point of reception. This woman declared it out of her mouth. Her faith declared, if I touch his garment, it's done. So there was only, in that whole mob, there's only one that was grounded that touched him and anointing was released. Mark 5, 32 and 34, he looked around Saw her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. 
Notice he said, your faith. It wasn't his faith. He didn't do it. I mean, yes, it was on him, but he didn't. She tapped into something he, he didn't even know. He had to, who touched me? Somebody had did that. She put those laws of faith into action. So he didn't, here's my point. Jesus didn't size her up. He didn't look at her and go, hmm, yeah, you believe pretty well. think I'll heal you today. You see, and that's what we've been trained in church. God just arbitrarily, chewed. he just, I'm going to heal Justin. I'm not going to heal Brian. I'm going to do that. I'm not. That's not how that works. She declared and she believed she had heard about him and put it into her belief system. This man, if I can, if I can get to him, if I can get to him, what does John say? John says the word was God. If I can get to him and I can touch him, the doctors had already drained and sucked her dry of everything she had. But she found an answer. She didn't have to pay for it. It was already paid for. See, a lot of people come and say this to God. God, you're almighty, and if you want to, you could heal me. You could bless me or whatever. You be, I'm believing you for this. I'm believing you for that. And it's okay to believe him. Now, listen, but this is what we're declaring. If you want to, if it's your will. I get that question. I just want to know what God's will is. He states it all in here. Here's what we deal with. We don't put any demand on the power of God through faith at all because it makes us accountable. Your faith. What if she stayed home? That story wouldn't be in the Bible. What if she didn't put her faith to work? I'm going to talk about that next week because it ministered to me. The more I'm studying this, I'm like, wow. Sometimes I've got the cart before the horse. That ever happened to you? I want to get this thing right. God, if it's your will, that statement alone is just wrong. The Bible states clearly that it's his will. Listen to what I'm telling you. God can't move independent of some person believing him. Now, somebody's going, hopefully you won't get mad at me, but listen to what I'm saying. He doesn't just sovereignly do things. We were taught that. Well, God just does what he wants. You never can tell what God's going to do. It's just if, it's his, if it happens, it just must be his will. Really, every rape and all the murders and all the abortions, that's God's will? No, it's not. So something's wrong with that theology. And there's people that I, I don't believe. There's, there's, there's movements that don't believe. God doesn't heal today. That's all past. Scripture doesn't say that, but that's what they believe. Or they believe that's not his will, and so they're supposed to go through it. And let me just say this, and, and again, there are no tomatoes here and there's no stones, and I can move pretty quick. <laughs> if you believe that it's God's will for you to be sick, don't ever go to a doctor and never take a pill. To get well, because that would just that would be stupid, right? You believe that hey, it's his will. I'm sick. He doesn't heal today, or does that make sense? 
That's, that's just how sometimes we just get, and we'll take anybody's word over, over God's if we're not watching it. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, right here in this book, the Bible, 2 Peter 3, 9, it says he's not willing that any should perish, but all. He wants all. That should clear that up. It is his will that nobody should go to hell. Did you know hell was not created for you? It was created for the, the enemy, the demon, the Satan and his minions. God wants every single person to be saved. But not every person is saved, so why? Because God's will doesn't automatically come to pass. His will comes to pass. If he had his way, every person would go to heaven. Every person. None would perish. Jesus said himself, more people are going to enter through the broad gate than they will the narrow gate. God's will doesn't automatically happen. Somebody has to believe in order to receive. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not by yourselves. It is a gift of God. Grace provides salvation, but faith has to reach out and make a demand on it and let that power flow. What are you saying? I'm saying for you to get saved, this is not just say the magic word, abracadabra, and this happens. This is about you believing exactly what happened. Jesus died on the cross for you, and you are putting a demand on what has happened. How many knows it's already, he's not gone back. So you put a demand on that. Your faith is putting a demand. That gift by grace is now coming back to you, and you have to believe that to receive that. If you don't believe it, you're no more. I mean, just there's people that believed you have to be baptized to go to heaven. That's not in there. Not like that. Baptismal doesn't, you can go to hell and bust it wide open with baptismal waters dripping off your clothes. That's, that's, a, that's a man's reason. You have to apply, put a demand on your faith. What the word says, believing that and act on what that says by your own belief, and then faith starts to move. Let's go back to the woman. He didn't figure, uh, he didn't have a chance to see what was happening with her. He, didn't, he wasn't on his way to her house. Nobody said, let me give you a little synopsis of what's going on. None of that. He didn't know if she was legitimate or not. There are people that come because of where the church sits. We're on the rougher end of town will come up and they just want a handout. But, you know, really what they want is something else for drugs or whatever. I, I, I'm not in agreement with it, but I know they just they need help. And we all need help of some kind. I'm not trying to judge. I'm just trying to state facts. But he didn't even know who touched him. He just knows power and anointing went out. Stopped him in his tracks to find out who did that. He didn't spend time to counsel with her, to make the assessment. See, when the laws happen, they just happen. It's just like they made the connection. The light came on. Kim found out what was loose, turned the switch, ba-bam. As I said before, boom goes the dynamite. It just comes on. 
it works the opposite as well. If you do not know what the Word of God teaches concerning faith, then we stop the flow of God's power because we don't get on board with what He's already done or our belief system. We just don't. Now, again, I'm not disputing miracles. I'm not saying you have to believe everything before anything can happen. I'm, I'm not saying miracles can't happen. Thank God for miracles. I'm just saying walking day to day. But what if God wants to set you free, wants to heal you, wants to deliver you, he wants to prosper you, he wants you to get out of the hole that you feel like you're in. He wants things to stop. He wants generational curses to be broken. He wants to see you free. He wants to see you happy. But we have to cooperate with the laws. So if we're saying, if God wanted to, he could have solved this issue. That's just not going to fly. That dog doesn't hunt, so to speak. God is holy. He said, here's how I'm going to do things. Here's how it works. He is bound by his own word. James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's one of the laws of faith. You have to resist the devil. You have to resist the devil. You have to resist the devil. You know what resist means? It means to actively fight against. The first thing is you have to submit to God. But wishing things were different are not going to change the enemy from stopping you. You know what stops him? God. And you know how that happens? Your faith in him and you putting a demand on that faith and watching that faith produce. If we don't resist, he doesn't go away. The bully doesn't leave unless you make him leave. Do you understand me? Many of us don't need a wishbone. We need a backbone. We're so used to being spoon-fed everything. Pastor, come over to my house, and I want you to go through deliverance in this room. And, I mean, there's weird things happening. And if you come in here, will they go? Absolutely they will go. Why? Because I am an, all, I am an, an agent of the mighty king. And if I come in there and he sends me in there by the word and my belief in that word, I'm going to put a demand on it. Help me, somebody. And as God's anointing, just it's going to go. But so am I. I'm going to go back home. And when I go back home, if you don't stop whatever was coming in there, it's coming back. I've heard of stories of people that had throat cancer. And that's terrible. And they got it from smoking. And I get it. I, I, I'm not here. I'm, again, I'm not throwing stones, okay? So just, I just what I'm saying is, in the process of that, there's other things that happen. Have you heard the commercials? You know, the prescription drugs are one of the multi-bazillion dollar industries here in the world. And you take something because of something else. And then if you take that, you have all these side effects. But then you have to take it because of something else. And, and these, this may cause this and may cause that and may cause freckles in your cat. And I don't know what all will happen. <laughs> but so they're just saying, you know, you, you need to... You know, freckles in your cat i don't know <laughs> but unless you're submitted to god resisting he's not going to go you have to have a greater authority come on so the god in me that's what the enemy's afraid of and that's what he's afraid of in you 
that measure of God, that faith is in you, if you rise up, that's what he's afraid of. But these people, and then this is what they're told. They're like, okay, this is what's causing that. And we all know it was the cigarettes. Because with that comes nicotine. With that comes addiction. And with that comes it's bad for your body. It's bad for your lungs. And, you know, and can they go to heaven? I have people, oh, well, if they smoke, can they go to heaven? Yeah. They can still go to heaven. They might get there sooner. But they will take the cigarette, even though they have a tracheotomy, and try to inhale through that. And we might be sitting there saying, well, that's ridiculous. But you see, they're in the midst of a whole web of things. And you know what's needed? Jesus. Because if you throw the strong man out, other things got to go. you got to submit to God and resist. You cannot do it on your own. You need the power of God inside you. And you have it. You might as well put a demand on it. See, some of us think, well, we don't have it. Brett, you got it, but I don't got it. I got just what you got. See, if you're saying, God, heal me, but you're doing something to destroy your body, you really aren't resisting the devil then, are we? Because resisting, we're actively fighting against. But we are giving him yet an inroad. God wants you well, but we have to cooperate with the laws, because if we don't, we've tied his hands. He cannot force his will on anybody. He still loves you, but he wants you to live his best for you. We're not there yet. We're working on it. Start where I am. Use what I got. Do what I can. See, what happens is God could even heal somebody, and we've seen it over and over again. I'm almost done, so you guys, yeah, you can play that. That's fine. But they go right back to it. Some of you have broken addiction by the grace of God. I know a young lady over there. Praise God. Hallelujah. And she could, she could tell you, you you can't go back. You can't, you, you can't go back. You have to resist. Cooperate with God, not the enemy. If you cooperate with the enemy, then you're releasing power in that situation. You're not going to get better because you are putting God out and bringing the enemy in. You see, faith, that's what it is. It's how we cooperate with God. And there are laws that govern faith. And I'm going to, God, however you say that works, that's what I want. I have to put a demand on that. If I have it, I have to acknowledge I have it. Then I have to put a demand on it. See, without the Lord's knowledge, the woman didn't have, she declares and releases her faith. What are you saying? What life is coming out of your mouth? What do you say about your situation? Well, my dad was this way. My grandpa was this way. His dad, I'm always going to be this way. Is that what you want? You need to be saying life out of your mouth. What are you dreaming about? What are you believing for? 
You see, this woman was able to declare it, touch his robe, and got what she believed. Tells us God is good. He loves us. He wants us well. It also tells us there's laws that govern how his power flows. There are laws of gravity. We've talked about that. Right now, we're all experiencing those laws. If it wasn't, we'd all be floating around here. I don't have special weighted shoes. This law is just in effect. I have to do something against the law to make it not. If I jump off this, we understand. Boom goes the dynamite. (laughs) But God created that. The laws are intended for my good. Electricity intended for my good. It's not his heart that the law would work against me. But see, the enemy will put that twist. It would be my own fault if I violated those laws. God won't lift the law for me. He won't lift it for you. Those laws, you don't change those laws. They are just intact. Now, I'm not saying miracles. Again, we've seen and heard supernatural things that God, just a God intervention. I get it. Now, obviously, some of those laws are going to go away when the rapture happens. We all, if we're, if we're here and Jesus comes back while we're alive, the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, I finally get to fly like Superman. I think I should be wearing an outfit all the time. <laughs> but he doesn't suspend natural laws, and he won't suspend spiritual ones either. He's limited himself by his own law that he created. And again, I'm not saying miracles don't happen. We don't want to live crisis to crisis. We do need miracles from time to time, and we'll gladly receive them. But his will for you is to live steadily, just and increasingly towards him, figuring out his plan, his purpose. He doesn't want you sick. He wants you well. But are you putting a demand on your faith for that to happen? Our heart is this. As we uncover these truths, and right now, I know it's kind of like being in a almost surgery. I know for me, I'm like, oh, man. We start putting... Well, I, I, I have to do this, or I, then we, if we're not careful, we'll put works involved in that. And we're not saved by our works. How many understand? We're saved by grace. But there are laws on how they work, so we have to put a demand on what was already done, was already given. I didn't do anything to get it except accept him. That's how you get saved. Everything in the kingdom happens by declaring, believing, and not doubting. That's how it happens. Getting mad at God is not going to solve anything. God never has a problem. He never does anything wrong. I know this this hinge on the door is like, wow. 
But have you ever been to a place where, like God is saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And we'll say stuff like, yes, Lord, I, I trust you. We're kind of like Peter. He says, feed my sheep. Of course. And he says it three times. But I feel like that sometimes. God, do you trust me? Well, yes, Lord, I, I trust you. Then it's quiet, and he'll tell me to do something. And I don't put a demand on that. And he'll say it again. Brett, do you trust me? We, yeah, sure I do. Have you ever felt like you're there? I'm not going to teach you anything that's not scriptural. But I got to tell you, the more that we have spent time in the Lord, the more that I have been revealed by His Spirit, I have to share it with you. This is what He told me. These were His exact words to me. I'm going to use you to make them hungry. So I believe that. We're seeing things in our household that we've talked about or we've seen in a corporate setting, but sometimes not as much in this just, but we are stopping things at the gate. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the moment you feel like something is going on, resist. How am I going to resist? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The spirit that's connected me to God, that is the perfect part of me. I'm one-third wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. So if the devil comes in and I start feeling this or that, resist. Submit to God and resist. And when you begin to speak life out of your mouth, you're putting a demand on your faith and you declare the things that you're believing. You call them, you believe, we receive when we what? When we pray, not when it shows up. So we're putting a demand already with our faith intact. And I'll talk about that next week. That's another law of faith on how we can keep our faith intact and we don't get this thing backwards. Because sometimes I think we have the right heart, but we're just going about it wrong. If we got it right, It's going to be great. You're going to see more victory than you've ever seen this year in your life, ever. And God is going to explode this church. And people are going to come from, not, not because I'm here, but because he's here. People are going to come from all over, not just Marion. And it's going to hit on the internet, I'm just saying. And again, heaven, I'm not trying to boast because I, I don't have to be here for that to happen. My grandson could be up here because last I checked, there's no little Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? And if Arrow would believe the same power that would flow through me can flow through him. He's a good God. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please.